Now, broadcasting on Star Worldwide Networks, it's time for the Fashion Rewired Broadcast with Brian Hill. During the Fashion Rewired Podcast, we chat with successful fashion designers and business entrepreneurs who share their powerful stories of success while providing real-time industry tips, tools, and actionable strategies to execute today with the goal of designing our listeners' brands for success. Now, here's your host, Brian Hill. Welcome to Fashion Rewired, the podcast. I'm your host, Brian Hill, self-taught designer and executive director of Phoenix Fashion Week. So why is it important to rewire? Well, I believe that every successful fashion designer and entrepreneur at one time or another made the smart and necessary decision to rewire their brain, their attitude, and most importantly, their actions to get them to their level of success today. Each week, I get to share stories of transformation with these listeners while giving you the blueprint to rewire. I love to open each episode by thanking the sponsors that believe in Fashion Rewired. Digital Emerging Designer Bootcamp. Fact, each season, Phoenix Fashion Week turns away hundreds of emerging designers that apply for the Live Designer Bootcamp. This year, we created the six-week-long Designer Digital Bootcamp, where emerging fashion talent from around the world and from the comfort of their own home via mobile, laptop, or desktop will follow a structured curriculum online focused on the very important business side of their fashion brand. In a short six weeks, the fashion experts will teach, transform, and lay out the blueprint to build and run a successful fashion brand for 2019 and beyond. To apply, email digital at phoenixfashionweek.com. My next guest hails from New York City, was born in Calgary, Canada, graduated from the University of Nevada, Reno, Go Wolfpack, and added temporary homes in Minnesota, Detroit, Seattle, and Cleveland because he played wide receiver for those NFL teams, eventually retiring and rewiring to become an on-air host with the NFL Today on CBS, Good Morning Football on the NFL Network, and most recently scored a spot as co-host on Extra TV with Billy Bush. Yes, it's Nate Burleson, y'all, and I did mention he also won a daytime Emmy. I mean, Nate. (laughs) Man, oh man. I appreciate that. Wow, wow, wow. Thank you so much for that, uh, that intro, man. That's, that's quite the intro. Usually I'm the guy introducing the players, so um, it feels good when somebody gives me an introduction. I'm, I'm uh, honored to be on with you. Man, uh, what a laundry list of accomplishments already. Tell us one fashion fact and what drives you today. Uh, fashion fact is that um, I love to be unique, different in the sense of just being different, but unique in the sense of uh, how I put together my outfits, um, which usually are a reflection of how I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, so so my, my fashion fact is always trying to do something that's unique to me. Um, I've I partnered with Baines and & Baker, and I know we'll talk about it. And I remember calling my my partner, and I was like, yo, I think we should really do some jogger bottoms on suits. And he's like, nobody has done that. Nobody has really done that consistently. And I was like, yeah, but this new generation of men, um, and even women for, for that matter, they, they're not always going to want to wear a suit. And mm-hmm. if you have something that you can break down in multiple ways, I think it could really change the game. And we did it, and it just kind of took off uh, and it caught fire. And, of course, you know how it goes in the fashion industry. You do something, somebody else likes it, then everybody else runs with it. No doubt. To, to be a partner in Baines & Baker, um, amazing custom suit maker, also in Canada. Um, Ravi Poon, you guys, uh, amazing guy as well. We'll be on the podcast soon. Um, how do you feel to become a partner in a fashion brand so soon out of the NFL? You know, it's funny because I was, I was in Vancouver, um, and this is 
I, I just love things that happen organically, whether they're planned, um, whether you're in the situation where you think that uh, some type of relationship is going to develop or it just happens in the middle of the street. And that's kind of how this was. I remember leaving the Drake concert and it was amazing and I'm having a good time. I got a nice little buzz going. I'm with my boys and we're just walking in the streets of Vancouver for anybody that's ever been out there. You just kind of, you foot it. And as I'm footing it, I'm talking to people, people, some people recognize me and I see this guy in a nice suit and I'm like, man, it's a really nice suit. Mm-hmm. And he, he's like, Oh, I know who you are. Nate bros. And we do this whole back and forth. And I told him, which he told me, I, I actually um, said this. I said, uh, well, listen, I'm a little buzzed right now. I might not remember this conversation tomorrow. Let's exchange numbers and hit me up in a couple of weeks. And if I don't pick up or answer, remind me, then hit me up again because I love your suits. I feel like we can do some work together. And he sure did. He hit me up and he's like, yo, this is Robbie. You know, I, I, I met you in, in Vancouver. And he kind of had to jog my memory. And then from there, the partnership developed in a very organic way. Um, he's, he's been very receptive to my ideas. I'm a creative, so... I, I've had these thoughts and these these visions of how things should be and um, and where the evolution of the brand is going. And luckily, I have a guy that can execute those things. No doubt. And and to to reiterate what Nate said, um, we talked one year ago. So when you talk about someone having a gut feeling, Nate had a good feeling about me and Fashion Rewired the podcast, and it took one year. Of to align, right? But out of the gate, you said the same thing. You know, I think we can do some things together, just some base of my gut, what you saw in a, in a quick frame. Yep. And I appreciate that. And to, to have you on today and then talk about, you know, what drives you? I mean, there's a bunch of different things you've done already, but tell me what drives you today. The opportunity and space that's out there. Um, and I, I think that's what life is. It's, it's figuring out where opportunity is and what space do you fit in. Um, and, and that's what drives me. When I played, it was you know, try to make as much money as you can in a short window of time. Try to become the best receiver you can be. Uh, make it to the playoffs, win a Super Bowl if possible. And then once you get out of the game, you don't have those same type of goals. There is no Super Bowl in life. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are different spaces that I can excel at. So I, I had to figure out my pocket. And what I love about where I am now versus how I looked at my post-career when I was playing is I'm – I'm tapping into all these things that make me exactly who I am. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is, you know, when I was younger, I was a guy who wrote poetry and I love cartoons and I think very theatrically. Um, I'm, a, I'm a giver and I love to create. I love clothing and shoes. And I remember when I played, I was like, you can't do all those things. You're a football player. That's <laughs> who you are. That's your definition. You get convinced that you have to wake up and be what everybody wants you to be. Um, and now, like, I'm working in TV. I can script, I can write, I can recite poetry live on TV if I want. I've done rap songs for major networks like NFL Network and CBS of all networks, the Tiffany Network. And I work in fashion and music and all these different things that make me who I am. I I produced an animated series um, last year for the NFL, um, and it's just about telling stories. Um, So all of these things that I thought I wouldn't be doing, I'm being asked to do and paid to do them. Mm -hmm. And so I, I just tell people all the time, listen, if you're into a laundry list of things, you might have to put them on hold for a little bit, but never bury them. Like, never bury them. Because if, you, if you're asked to do it, it's going to take you too long to dig it up. Right. Just put it in your pocket. So, so you're so always ready. Somebody's like, hey, hey, Nate, I need you to help me design something. Cool, I got you. And Nate, I need you to uh, help me write some poetry. I'm not rusty. I got you. Hey, hey Nate, I, you know, I really want to get into finance. Okay, yeah, I've been partnered with a firm that helps athletes invest their money. 
Like, I, and then I really want to get into acting or, or, or TV. Oh, man, I've been doing it for six years. Here's where you need to go. So where I am now, the motivation comes in opportunity, which I, there's space and opportunity in the world, but then also finding what it is that you can do. And now I'm at the point at 39 years old that I can do multiple things at once. I love it. Uh, you talk about all the success. You talk about your approach to uh, make things, these things happen, right? Taking advantage of opportunities in space. Uh, we talked about this a little bit on our briefing that um, it wasn't always roses with you the entire way, I'm sure. But people think it was. But we talk about these rewire moments, and, and everyone has a few different rewire moments in their lives. But maybe something happened to you in college, um, in the pros, et cetera. But take us through um, your first rewire moment where you felt you had to change your direction attitude and perspective before i get to that and i will i want to you know mention um moments when i grew up you know people uh oftentimes see an athlete like oh man you've always been the fastest on the field you've always been the man you must have come from money because you 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 look like you know how to handle it um i i grew up in a household with four brothers my mom and dad had four boys and they worked full-time jobs plus overtime tried to do whatever they can to get us involved in sports and i, I remember days where the the heat was out, mm-hmm. you know, because we were late on the field. I, I, I remember weeks where all we ate was top ramen and chopped up hot dogs. Mm-hmm. And as a kid, I'm like, oh, I love ramen. I still love it to this day, maybe for that reason. And then you get older and you realize, oh, the reason why we ate top ramen and hot dogs for two weeks is because it's the cheapest thing to buy. Mm-hmm. And we didn't have liquid cash enough to go fill up the pantry mm-hmm. like uh, growing boys needed. Um, so, so for people that might listen to me and be like, what hard times have you had? Mm-hmm. That hasn't always been easy. So you fast forward to the rewire moment. Um, I remember being in college and I, I, I went there as, um, a, a receiver slash DB. They just recruited me as an athlete to Nevada, Reno. Mm-hmm. And first year I had to sit out the NCAA. They were like, no, you transferred to high schools. You're missing gym class. So you, I'm <laughs> like, what? Gym? You're, I, I, I'm an athlete. Like, obviously, I didn't know I need to take it. Well, you're, you're a special situation. You have to sit out your freshman year. So uh, a rough start to my college career. And then the sophomore year came, decent. Junior year came, decent. And I put up around 50 catches each season. But at that time, our team wasn't winning. Um, I think we're coming off like a two- or three-win season. And when any school sees an athlete going to a university that's struggling, the offers start to come. Mm-hmm. And, and it's all these backdoor offers, you know, because you, you can't really, you can't go talk to a, a scholarship athlete. It's, it's illegal. Uh, but it's always a friend of a friend. Hey, I know, I know a coach over at the school and they really would love you. All you got to do is come out, sit out for a semester and you're good. Mm-hmm. Hey, I know this coach that he saw, you saw your film. It feels like you wasted your time at the bad arena. Mm-hmm. You should come here, man. It's a great opportunity, bigger school, more exposure. I mean, you have an opportunity to be one of the best in the country. I, I, I got that for my entire junior year mm-hmm. and I was tempted for sure but there's something about commitment that I've always appreciated yep because when the times are dark and tough I want to be with those who I've been going through it with but then when you succeed or find success there's nothing like enjoying it with somebody that has struggled with you right so I decided to just just stay the course and I turned down every school that that tried to steal me away from the Vatarino. And I just worked my butt off. I put my head down and I worked. I, I lifted with my team um, and I, I lifted by myself. So I was, I was doing twice the work while mm-hmm. going to school, mm-hmm. trying to be a student athlete. And, and that rewire moment came when I turned down an opportunity to go to bigger schools. So I had to have that real conversation with myself. Okay, 
So now what are you going to do to make that decision the right decision? Because mm-hmm. you can't just say, oh, I'm not going anywhere. I'm staying here, and it's all going to work out. Right. What are you, what are you going to do? What can you control? So um, I, I put in twice the work as everybody. To the point where when I lined up on the field and I looked into the eyes of the man trying to stop me, the cornerback, I, I had this, like, strong confidence. And it was, I know, like, I know he didn't work as hard as me. Mm-hmm. Some players can say that, and they're like, oh, maybe he, he, they work too, and they have good offseason. No, I knew for a fact that guy didn't work as hard as me. Mm-hmm. And then from the moment the snap happened, I, he, was, he, was, he was food to me. Mm-hmm. And, and I look up at the end of that season, which was truly divine intervention. You know, I, I consider him say, oh, it's, 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 it's me, it's, no, it was a combination of me putting in work. Mm-hmm. I um, grew up in a Christian home. I tapped back into the word purity, and uh, I wanted to have a pure mind, pure heart. So everything that I tried to do, I can digest it well and not be cluttered by the nonsense of the stresses that young college athletes bring to themselves. So what do I mean by that? Didn't drink. Never was a big smoker. Um, I was dating my girlfriend, wife now, but she's my girlfriend at the time. And we said, all right, we're not going to see each other past 1130. Mm-hmm. Let's just, we're college kids. Hormones mm-hmm. are crazy. We're tempted <laughs> to have sex. Let's just, I, you know, I, I want to be as pure as I can. I want to, and it, I threw away every rap CD that had curse words on it. <laughs> and I love hip hop. I'm a hip hop head. I just kept thinking pure, pure. That was the, that was the main word. And at, at the end of the season, I picked my head up and I had 138 catches. I was leading the nation. At that time, it was second NCAA all time. Guy out on Nevada Reno looked at as the best receiver in the country. And, um, and p- people are like, man, that's crazy. And I'm just like, it was so, it, I know it wasn't me because there's like moments where I was on autopilot and it was easy. Wow. Um, so I, I, I know that it was divine intervention. Uh, I remember one game, halfway through the game, I'm like, man, you're closing in on a record. I didn't even, I had no idea how many balls I caught. I just wanted to get through the fourth quarter. And I look up and they're like 18 times today. I'm like, this is, this is crazy. So um, that rewire moment, it was, um, it was huge for me to stay the course with the team I made a commitment to. But more importantly, it taught me how to tap into a very pure space. And even as an adult, sometimes I clutter my life with BS and working and stress. Sometimes even as an adult, I reference that time in my life. Right. That moment, that rewire moment where I'm like, all right, tap back into purity. What things are you digesting in your, in your life that are causing you to be cluttered, that are causing you not to be able to digest new information and apply it in real time. So that, that was a huge moment for me. That, that's huge. I mean, we always talk about these one, two, three action steps, and um, I broke it down. So for people listening today, um, a, a young athlete, um, aspiring rapper, new designer, you know, what he did was he looked at his own circumstances. He took an honest um, assessment of that, right? And then worked out twice as hard as the person next to him, which is really you in the mirror, and then you build confidence purely and you stay the course. Those three things anyone can do like today. And we're going to build this blueprint for everybody that's listening today. They can download it for free, Nate. And then they can kind of follow your uh, one, two, three step action steps. But uh, that's just one rewire. Right. Again, we know plenty of people have done that. So then you make it to the league. You break the record. 19 catches in one day, one game. Amazing. Go on, uh, which is probably a, a dream of everybody um, in your situation to make it to the NFL. But you went well beyond that. But uh, tell me another rewire moment where you were challenged again uh, to dig deep. After having a decent career, which I was blessed, you know, the average is two and a half, three years. Um, once I got past that, I was just like, wow, I'm playing with house money. I get to year five, six, I'm like, I'm still here doing it. <laughs> Seven, eight, man, I'm making plays. 
nine, ten, um, you know, I'm in Detroit and life is good. When you're 11 and I get in a car accident, I'm, I'm leaving a pizza place. I have all this food in my passenger seat. Um, and this car just like hits the brakes in front of me. And I should have just, I should have slammed the brakes and just ruined my floor bed, uh, of the passenger side. But I tried to save the pizza with save my the right pizza. hand, <laughs> which, which leaves, which leaned in my left arm. So it basically started heading towards the embankment. I swerve a couple of times. I feel like I got control of it. And then it's a little damp outside because it rained earlier. I'm fishtailing. And then I finally straighten out the car and I'm looking forward. I'm like, oh, I think I got this. And I realized the car is still fishtailing. And now I'm headed towards the concrete medium in between the freeways. And, um, and I just braced myself. And my, my, my right arm slips off. My face hits the steering wheel. And my left arm has such a tight grip because of the panic that it, it, it stayed on and that the, the impact of that damaged my left arm. So I, I get out the car, um, which was wild because it was completely totaled and the only door that can open barely was mine. And I'm sitting there, I check my legs because they're the money makers. <laughs> I'm like, all right, I'm good. My legs are good. And then I start moving my hands um, as if I'm squeezing them. Uh, and my right hand was moving 1,000 miles a minute. My left hand was moving so slow. And I'm like, what is going on? I pulled down my sleeve and my two bones, ulnar and, and radius, on each side are completely displaced. Wow. Now they're not protruding through the skin, but uh, we're talking about an inch displaced. Uh, my my arm is broken mm-hmm. clearly, um, and and I, I I stop for a second and I just say out loud, I just effed up our season. Right. In that moment, I wasn't thinking about Nate Burleson. I was like, and I, I was hot. I just came off a big game against Washington. We beat him. I put up a hundred yards. And it's the first game of the year early on, so I'm like, oh, this is, I'm going to have a great year. This is a Pro Bowl year. Um, and and I'm sitting back, and I'm like, I just effed up our season. Because mm-hmm. at that point, Matt Stafford, he had such a rhythm with me. Like, mm-hmm. Calvin was, wasn't open, Matt Stafford knew exactly where I was. And I was just like the perfect complement to the offense at that moment. It's like I fully matured in, in, the, in the relationship I was forming with this offense, and it was in a perfect place. And, um, and from there – I just I, I realized that I was going to have that injury. I didn't come back until eight weeks later. I scored that following game back, and even though like in that season I played eight games, had forty catches, a couple of touchdowns, you know, my agent was like, "Look, man, you you broke your arm and you put up forty catches. Like if you play sixteen games, it's eighty catches. You get eighty catches for next few years. You know how much money that is, Nate. Like, what are you doing? Why are you walking away from the game? Mm-hmm. There was something in me that that changed during that accident." I just felt like that was the beginning of the end. Mm-hmm. And that light at the end of the tunnel, it got brighter and brighter. And I was right. I, that, that arm, it just was never as strong as I wanted it to be. And I always had to put this like mega man brace on it, which mm-hmm. is kind of restrictive if you're a wide receiver. Um, I ended up tweaking my hamstring when I played for Cleveland and then re-breaking the arm. And I just decided to walk away. Got you. And my, my, I remember my agent saying, Nate, you're just in your feelings. You know, this is the first time you've ever been released because of an injury. Mm-hmm. You should just chill. Just take take a beat and relax, um, and heal up and come back. And there were teams that were offering me. And in full transparency, imagine being 33, still have plenty of game left. Like I would work out with guys, and they're like, "So why aren't you in the league?" Mm-hmm. And and teams saying, "Hey, we'll give you the vet minimum." That's before I negotiated the dollar. They were giving me a million dollars. Vet minimum at that age for me is a million dollars. And 
I couldn't go back to the game. One, I think I was in my feelings. Two, I didn't believe my body would hold up, so I felt like I was cheating the system mm -hmm. by collecting a check. And then three, I felt like I was taking a roster spot from a young kid who needs to get his footing. Right, and I right. Just, I just, I just, I, I couldn't go back and play. And that was a rewire moment because at that point, now who are you? When you start questioning how fast you can run, how high you can jump, how strong you can be, what you've been defined as this football player, you're no longer what you were at 21. You, you might be a, a shell of what you once was. So who are you? Mm -hmm. And that's, that's another look in the mirror moment. And I had to change my way of thinking. Okay, I, I, let's be clear. I'm not, I'm not a Hall of Famer. Very respected. 11-year career, tough guy. People know me. They appreciate me. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I'm not, I've never won a Super Bowl. I can't walk into a, a network and say, hey, man, look at my ring. <laughs> look at my gold jacket. Put me on TV. So if I don't have these things that some certain analysts and players lean on, because they are, they are great icebreakers for anybody that wants to do something in their post-career, and that's not just TV. It's business, it's starting a business, um, you know, advertisements, endorsements. If you've got the ring and the gold jacket, forget about it. Mm -hmm. So I thought to myself, all right, I got to work twice as hard to, to do whatever it is I think is next. And for me, that was TV. And that rewire moment, it was almost like, um, it was almost like I realized playing 11 years put me as, um, as one of the guys on the team that was a vet. When people saw me across the league, I'm a vet. What's up, Nate? You respect me. You get 10 years in, you get a nod from everybody. Mm -hmm. But as soon as you're done playing, you're just a baby in whatever field you want to go into. So I'm back at the infancy stages. I'm a rookie again. Rookie I'm a rookie again. in life. Right. Because I've never, I've never experienced real life. I've always played sports. So your last game, guess what? For an athlete, for me at 33, life just started. The, the game just begun. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at the clock. I'm like, damn, it's 0-0. Zero, zero. This game just started. Yeah, the game <laughs> of life just begun. So um, that, was, that was the rewire moment, my second one. Did you realize that uh, you did the same first two steps in your second rewire? You assessed your circumstances, and then you started working twice as hard on your new life as, a, as an analyst. What do you think the third step was after you do the same thing that you're comfortable with that you succeeded in college, right? Assess, work twice as hard. How did you get that third step? And, and that was really the critical step to, to get to TV. What was that? Um, it's... It ties into one of the first questions you asked me, which was, um, how do I look at fashion? Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I always say is I, I'm, I'm unique. I'm me. Mm -hmm. I wear something that's out of date, that was in style in, in the fall of 09. Or I will wear something futuristic that people aren't wearing yet, not see if it catches on because I feel really comfortable in it. I'm just unique in that sense. I don't care about matching. Um, I, I, I just, that, that, that's my thing. Um, I say all that because... That was a huge part of that third step was finding out who I am, mm -hmm. being unique in this business. I remember when I first got on TV, I was, you know, trying to be like everybody I saw. I was, I was trying to be fooled by Deion Sanders. Hey, what's up, baby? This is Nate. You know, you look good, play good, play good, play good. Oh, and I was like, that ain't me, though. <laughs> and it's like, all right, well, let me, I'm a, I'm a, let me, I see Michael Irvin. Let me get, get a little raspy voice. And when you, and when you go out there, you got to be good. You got to do what you, and I was like, nah, that's Michael Irvin. <laughs> And then it's like, all right, well, let me, okay, I, I like, I like uh, Marshall Falk. You know, he's, he's articulate. You know, let me, let me, okay, so let me come and I'm going to be very eloquent. In it. And then if I'm, if I'm going to, you know, if I'm going to quantify the, the statistics, then you're going to have to realize that the, 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 the integral part, and I'm like, that's not me either. That's not, that's not me either. So instead of being this chameleon and putting on different faces of guys 
because I think that's what people want to see. I became me, and I, I, I made people comfortable with seeing me. And then once I tapped into that, I realized, damn, being me is much more lucrative mm-hmm. than trying to mimic somebody else. Right. Um, and because I, I, could, I could only, at the most, be, be uh, half as good as somebody else if I'm imitating them. But I can be 100% me. Right. Um, and, and, and that, that, that was a real um, eye-opening moment. The moment I, I really like, tapped into being Nate. And it was just this very passionate, um, articulate, fashionable, goofy kid who loved movies, music, poetry, cartoons. And I weaved all this in. And, and, and when, when I'm on TV and this stuff spills out naturally, now, now I, 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 I understand why people say, now I, just, I like watching you. Man. I, just feel like, I feel like I can identify with you. Or I get a tweet that says, I just want to have a beer with Nate. It's because they know me. Right. I'm not this orchestrated person that I created just to give you an image on TV. Like, I'm, I'm giving you 100% me. And that was the third step. That was a full rewiring of finding out who I am. And, and that was big for me. I, I love that. And you talk about the crossover of life, uh, sports, and also business and fashion. So uh, we talk to young designers all the time, and we're always saying you can't be another Christian Louboutin, right? You got to be your own right. shoe designer. Right. You, you can't be another Levi. You got to be your own denim designer. And once you right. figure out whatever that unique thing is, no one can duplicate that. And if you can share that with, yep. the, with the world, with your consumers, with the wholesale group, whatever it is, uh, just like, you know, um, Baines and Baker, same exact thing. There's lots and lots of suit guys, but you guys have to be yep. different, stand out, and then follow up and follow through, work twice as hard as every other suit company, right? And then assess your circumstances, just like you guys have done in post-COVID. Ravi and I talk about that, how you guys have uh, pivoted and rewired, but at the same time being unique. I mean, the, the, these steps are easy to follow, right? And, and so when, yep. you, when you talk about that, when, whenever someone does like these action steps, we also know that these natural habits start to form, right? That you do every day, morning routine, rituals. Tell me some key habits you think, Nate, that, uh, that, you, that you really exercise every day because of these action steps you've taken. I wake up and I put myself in the mood I want to be in. Um, so I try not to wake up stressed out or angry or mad or even thinking about something that I know is upon the horizon. Maybe it's a, a big segment that I'm preparing for on my show. Maybe it's a, a Zoom call where I have to be on and perform for a possible partnership with a Fortune 500 company. Maybe it's something I have to write that I was going to take some time. Um, I don't think about that stress, and I used to. I used to think about, um, you know, what's tomorrow, mm-hmm. or even something I did in the past, which means I was never in the moment. Um, you know, a, a coach said something to me a long time ago that I'll never forget. He was talking to the team and he said, be exactly where your feet are. So... I try to I try to be exactly where my feet are in every moment. That way, I don't stress myself out too much. That's that's um, a conscious effort to start my day off right. And then from there, uh, I'm a Leo. I, I I fancy myself as a guy who um, loves lions and can adopt that that mentality, which is conquering your jungle. Um, even though lions don't, uh, you know, live in the jungle, they live in the Serengeti. But it's it's a, it's a, it's a figure of speech, and for me, it is conquering your jungle. And I say that all the time to everybody, not just athletes. Um, of course, if you're a basketball player, conquer the court. If you're a football player, conquer the field. Baseball, the diamond. If you're a teacher, conquer the classroom. If you're a student, conquer your homework. If you're a politician, conquer the 
the, the actions that you need to help your communities. Mm-hmm. If you're a musician, if you're a designer, you know, conquer that design. You know, if you're on the back end of the design team, conquer the corporate structure. You know, if, if whatever your role is, conquer that space. Mm-hmm. And it's going to take time. You don't wake up and do it, but you wake up and decide to give effort to do it. Mm-hmm. And, and if you, you have that mindset, it's like, all right, what, what, do, I, what do I want to conquer? What, what do I want to do today? What do I want to do this week? And conquering for me, it's not about waking up and doing something and saying, all right, I'm good for the day. I'm good for the week. I'm good for the month. I'm good for the year. No, no, no. When a lion wakes up, there is no second guessing whether he has to be the king. He just has to. It's innate. Mm-hmm. So he knows that he has to eat. He has to feed his pride. And he has to lead his pride. So that's me. Every day I wake up, like that's the that's the actionable step. And then it's also challenging myself. It's being being comfortable with being uncomfortable. Right. The reason I live in New York is because I I I challenge myself. They offered me this job while I was living, uh, living in Arizona, working in L.A. Mm-hmm. So imagine that, living in Scottsdale, going to uh, L.A. a couple of days a week. Mm-hmm. You know, they put me in a five-star hotel in Beverly Hills. Life was good. And I go tell people about, you know, what, what type of route Odell ran. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Simple. It was, it was a very simple job, and it, and it became easy because um, it, it was fairly easy to be just a the guy they leaned to. And I'm like, hey, let me point to the board. This is what's going on. And then they said, Nate, we have an opportunity for you. Unless you're good here doing this, um, which you're great at, Nate, and we, we thank you for your work. But we have an opportunity for you to move to New York and, and host a morning show. And I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> One, I'm comfortable. My life, my pace, like my wife's from Arizona, like we're good. Like, no. Nah. And on, on top of that, like I don't want to go to Arizona. I mean, I want to go to New York. I don't, I don't know anybody out there. I don't want to live out there. I've been out there to visit. It's a little too chaotic for me. I'm a West Coast guy. <laughs> and, then like, and, and, and I was like, and I don't, I'm like waking up. I hate waking up in the morning. Right. I, don't, I don't like it. That's not my thing. I'm a, I'm a night owl. <laughs> um, and I, I was saying all these stuff. I was, I was talking to them who gave me the offer. I was talking to my wife. And as I'm listening to myself, I'm like, man, these are all just excuses. Right. You, you say you want to you, you be great at this. You can't be great if you're just a receiver talking about receivers for the next 20 years. You'll be good. You'll be somebody that they respect, but you're going to be the same dude for 20 years. Mm-hmm. You say you want to host a show. You say you want to be great. You say you want to elevate in this business. You didn't win a Super Bowl on the football field, but you can be one of the most talented guys on TV if you challenge yourself. So I walked away from a conversation with my wife mm-hmm. after telling her why I didn't want to take the job and why we weren't. I walked to the bathroom. Another look in the mirror moment. I have these a lot. <laughs> and I'm literally talking out loud to myself. And I said, if you don't take this job, you're a liar. Right. You're a liar because you, you tell your kids, be comfortable with being uncomfortable. You go talk to schools or go to a juvenile and, and you tell these young people, hey, yo, sometimes you have to live in that comfortable space in order to live comfortably. And I said, so if you, if you don't take this job what, because you don't like the pace of New York? Right. What, because Nate has to wake up early in the morning? Well, because it's going to be a little bit of an adjustment. But what about the reward on the back end? And I, I walked out of that bathroom. I walked to my wife and I said, I got to take this job. She was like, she must have thought like I was having a split personality moment. <laughs> she's like, what? You went I'm in like, yeah, and came out job. different. <laughs> yep, yep, exactly. And she's like, what are you talking about? I was like, I just had a conversation myself. And it's like, I can't tell our kids like how to like thrive in the, in the midst of change if, if I'm unwilling to do it. I said, if, if, if you are willing to go on this journey with me, 
I think I have to move to New York. And this was, this was starting a morning show is like opening a restaurant. Right. It's like 80, 90% failure rate. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it wasn't like they were like, hey, you come out here, you're good. Now, five years later, I can look up and I'm thankful for the work we put in and our show lasting this long. But initially, they literally said 18 months. Most likely, after 12 months, 12 to 18 months, you'll be working back in L.A. And I was right. like, so wait, you're asking me to leave Arizona, <laughs> sell my home, keep my home, pay that, but then also rent or buy in New York and, and, and live this lifestyle in a very temporary fashion? And I could be, I was like, why do I need this stress again? And I was like, <laughs> because you can make it work, Nate. And, and I did. I love it. Um, there, there's so many accomplishments you've had uh, during this transformation. But again, going back to you being so young and figuring out that working twice as hard, assessing your circumstances, being transparent about it, and then always being uniquely you, uh, you kept doing that again and again and again. And that's what I want people to take away from this. You know, It's probably tough to uh, tie one big accomplishment to this transformation because you've had so many. But what could you say between your habits and your action steps, what's the biggest accomplishment you've you think you figured out and uh, undone because of the transformation? Um, you know, that's, that's a really, really good question. I think the biggest thing that I figured out is that life rewards uh, the aggressor. Mm-hmm. And every moment that I've went out to do something, all of my really big accomplishments were when I was the most aggressive. Mm-hmm. Now, don't get that misunderstood as every time I was aggressive and pursued something, I won. No, it's not the case at all. I fell flat on my face plenty of times after thinking I'm doing the right thing, moving the right way, I'm putting in the right amount of work. It's not a guarantee. Right. But what I do know, there's a direct correlation between my proudest moments and how aggressive I was when I sought after them. Mm Mm-hmm. I love that. Look, man, this was only the, the first half. Um, we're with Nate Burleson today, you guys, on Fashion Rewired. We're going to jump into the Garment District, take a little break with our sponsors, Nate, and we come back. I'm going to do some rapid fire. You ready for that? Let's do it. All right, hang on one sec. The Phoenix Fashion Week Freelance Program. While building Phoenix Fashion Week into an effective fashion industry resource, we have been asked time and time again to recommend the services of our teammates and associates. So the natural next step has been to organize a system and network of fashion professionals that we could vouch for in the marketplace. The Phoenix Fashion Week Freelance Program is open to anyone needing fashion design, hairstyling, sales representation, photography, graphic design, web design, marketing, social media, styling, makeup artists, accessory design, videography, modeling, PR, event planning, and consulting. For more information, please email freelance at phoenixfashionweek.com. All right, we're back, everybody. Fashion Rewired. We're on with Nate Burleson, New York City, NFL wide receiver, kick returner, broadcaster, poet, rapper, soon-to-be movie star, on, on, on. Um, Obliged to be on with him today. Uh, So many different nuggets of information I've gotten from Nate that I'm applying as we speak. Every time I talk to a guest, I'm taking my own notes and applying them to my life, to young designers, and uh, we're happy to be on with Nate. So, Nate, we're in the garment district, okay? So I'm going to give you a bunch of uh, questions. We want to find out Nate Burleson, either the partner in Baines & Baker or Nate Burleson, the TV host. You're a brand yourself, right? Do you feel that you're either wholesale, meaning you are more in the um, 
distribution side of Nate Burleson, or do you think you're a direct-to-consumer, which would be a retail play? Nate Burleson, the brand, and why? Oh, <laughs> um, I am direct-to-consumer. <laughs> um, and and I'm, I'm direct-to-consumer because I am almost tailor-made for every individual as they experience me. Mm-hmm. So um, instead of being this mass brand, that people are like, you know what, that's Nate Burleson. And if we wanted to, we can copy and paste him and he'll have the same type of impact as we resell it, as we repackage it. No, 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 no. That's, that's not me. Right. What I am is somebody walks up and, 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 they, and they walk in and they get a tailor-made experience when they, when they uh, spend time with me. And, and that's, that's who I've always been. It drives my wife crazy, but if somebody stops and talks to me, I, I treat them like a consumer mm-hmm. having an experience. And I, it's not like I, I, I walk away saying like, Oh, I hope they don't rate me bad on Yelp. No, it's not that, but I do want them to have a wonderful experience. One of the best compliments I could receive is not about me, but it's when somebody meets me and say, Hey, my cousin met you a couple of years back. He said, you're awesome. Right. I have no idea who that person is. Right. But the simple fact that they had a good experience. That's, that's how I am. I mean, it's, it sounds like uh, Nate Burleson, the brand, is, 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 a, is a luxury brand, right? Um, you're an individually cut person that uh, you're always going after being different, but uniquely you, which is the easiest way to, for you to be, right? And so when you talk yeah. about you, the brand, um, if you had to identify, which is tough to do probably, a sales platform that promotes and markets the Nate Burleson brand, what would that most successful sales platform be, do you think? That's tough. That's really <laughs> tough. You know, um, it's, it's not, it's not the storefront. Mm-hmm. I'm not the mannequin out front. You don't, you don't stop, uh, you don't stop and, and, and talk and, and talk shop with Nate Burleson just because you see him on TV. Mm-hmm. I, I believe I'm, uh, I'm old school in a sense. I'm word of mouth. Right. There because you go. Look past, look past the, look past the fact that I have a thousand jobs and I'm on TV everywhere. Whenever I do have a new job or a new experience with uh, a certain company, the one thing they always say is, you know, uh, I used to work with uh, you or um, I have a friend that works for the NFL network. I said, you're awesome to work with. Like that's the word of mouth that you need because there's a, let's just keep it real. There's a million people that are as talented as me, probably more. Mm-hmm. But the, the, the sales pitch that I don't need to give is the word of mouth that's already working in my favor. Right. And, you know, you can see it's like Supreme. Like, you can see a few images here and there, but the hype becomes the hype is because of the, the word of mouth and everybody telling everybody how great it is. Um, right. So that's, that's kind of where I am with it. I love it. Well, we've always said in marketing that uh, the number one sales platform marketing channel is word of mouth. It's the most word honest, the most transparent. Yeah. And so I, I love the fact that you being the Nate Burleson brand, you identify that already, you know? And so... Most organic, yeah. Yeah, or organic. And so obviously we live in the social media world right now and, and everything happens there. And, and is it tough and can you do word of mouth that way? But on social media, I have no idea if you even have time to be on there. Where do you spend your time social media wise and why? Um, I, one, I use it as a platform to promote whatever it is I'm doing and, um, and, and not in the sense of just always pitching something to sell. Mm-hmm. Of course, I partner with 
know, different brands and companies. But even people that don't give me money or product, I show them love, show mm-hmm. them appreciation. There's a few people that reached out to me and say, hey, I'm just starting a t-shirt brand. And they, they literally got champion tags on the shirts. And they'll send them to me. <laughs> I'll wear it on the show. I'll put it in my IG story. And their, their minds are blown. And I'm like, nah, I get it. What, what, what would I be charging you for? What can I charge you for? You don't. <laughs> It doesn't benefit you or me. Right. So um, what I want you to do is know that, like, your effort is landing somewhere. Like, you just reached 200,000 people that watched my show this morning because you gave effort into harassing me in my messages and saying, please check out my shirt, please check out my shirt, please check out my shirt. And I finally did, and that effort paid off. Um, So I I do it in that sense. I use it as a way to promote not only things I'm doing, but also what somebody else is doing. And then I also use it as um, as a, a, a platform to study. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a marketing tool for me. So mm-hmm. um, a lot of the things that I've done, I have created, tested out on social media, and engaged the response. It's just like a theater or a movie before they go in, uh, you know, 15 people in a room, and then they get a study of the movie. How do they feel about it? You know, do you think the intro is too long? Do you think we wrote the credits too soon? Mm-hmm. What about the climax? Mm-hmm. Did we get to it fast enough? What character did you like? What character did you hate? What character do you want to see more of? And then from there, they can go tweak the movie and add in scenes, cut away scenes. That's how I use social media. So when I wore my shorts with the, with the tux on the red carpet, right, right. <laughs> I wanted to see how people responded. Right. You know? and, and people like, a lot of people liked it. Some people hated it. But I knew it, I knew it was something people would talk about, which for me works. Um, exactly. And when I did the joggers, the joggers the same way. I put the joggers out there and immediately... Men, women, for themselves, for their husbands, boyfriends. I was like, oh, this is hot. Like, this is, okay, cool. Let's go into production with this one. So, right. like, people have to understand social media <laughs> is the easiest way to gauge your product. Right. Because, because social media, the comments, the people that follow you, they are the most honest, sometimes a little too ruthless. Mm-hmm. But you will definitely get a response and you have an idea of where you need to go with your product. Right, right. So your Instagram for you um, probably is where it happens the most, but you're literally using it as a, as a tool. And uh, right in your back pocket, you can share the love. Uh, you can study sure. what's going on, study your own craft, your own designs, et cetera, and get yep. that, that true, honest, uh, gritty <laughs> feedback. And then yep. choose to do with those analytics what you should go forward with or not go forward with, right? But um, yep. otherwise, yep. you're just shooting in the dark. So as tough as it is, I love the fact that you you're, you're keep a tough skin. Um, and don't expect everybody to like everything you're doing. But that goes back to the beginning of you, which is you're being authentically Nate Burleson, no matter what happens. Do, no do you doubt. do you follow no anybody doubt. on Instagram? Who do you follow? That inspires you? Um, I, I just I, I follow a ton of people. See, I don't I don't use Instagram or even Twitter or Facebook um, to to follow what people are doing. I know that's originally why these social media platforms are created, but. I have this way of trying to make everybody happy, just kind of like meeting them in person. So if a random person like, hey, can you follow me? I, I'll do it. It got to the point where I was just following a max amount of people because I just kept saying yes to everybody. Sure. Um, and then I had to unfollow a, a whole bunch of people. And now I'm in the process of following those people. I went down to zero, and then I, <laughs> like overnight, and then I, I'm still following people back. But I was, I was at way too many people because my feed was just, it was random. It was right. random everything. So, um, yeah, I don't. Who, I, who was I, number I one? Who was number one? When you went back to zero, who was the first person you followed? Oh, my wife. Your wife. wife. Uh, There we go. There we go. The wife and the family. Um, Yeah, those are are who I will always follow. And I just, and they don't even post that much, um, my boys. (laughs) But my wife, she's 
she has a lot of stuff going on, so I always want her to know that she has my support. And social media, as I've learned, is a big deal to certain people. Like, I remember unfollowing people, and I had um, they lost I had it. somebody curse me out. Yeah, they lost curse it. Curse me out. <laughs> they didn't understand. And I was like, no, you don't understand. I'm, I'm going down to zero. Well, you're still following us. I'm, I'm doing it literally one by one. I'm unclicking. I'm follow. I'm going to follow you back. And they're like, F you. I can't believe you would unfollow me after all this time. And I'm just like, yo, this is wild. Um, well, we're going to send that, 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 that put it in perspective how people see it. You know what I mean? Right, right. We're going to send that person your blueprint so they know that uh, they should also embrace those circumstances and then work twice as hard to get more people to follow them. That, that's all they had to do. They, they didn't have the blueprint yet, but we're going to give it to them. Right. Right, 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 right. No doubt. Because you're, you're a big study, I'm, I'm sure you do read books, right? Um, all through yeah. college. Uh, give me two books that we must read to succeed. Uh, one book I read, I don't know I'm going to butcher the title, um, but it, it's, I want to say it was Hidden Influences. Okay. Um, the, the, or Hidden Factors or something like that. And it's the invisible influences that help shape behavior. Okay. Um, and the reason that book was interesting because it started off talking about, um, how everything that we do is influenced by factors that we don't recognize or right. fail to realize. Right. Um, from the way you get your hair cut, the clothes you wear, which is big for me, you know, because that part was very interesting, um, to how you shop for things, what you eat, how you hear about all these diets from all these people, and you start adopting them. And, 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 and it, the, the book was so powerful because you realize the majority of the stuff you do, you don't do it because you really want to. Right. So it, 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 it makes you like tap back into, okay, who am I really? You know, I, 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 the book starts off with the author and the name escapes me. He said all these really new BMWs. And he's like, this is an abnormally uh, large amount of BMWs. So he's putting these piece of paper on their windows saying, hey, could you call me back? I'm doing a survey. You know, people thought it was a setup. He didn't really get any callbacks for a while. And then after a week or so, people started reaching out. And he just wanted to know, why did you buy this car? Why did you buy this particular BMW? And he said every answer was it was in a commercial. fell in love with it. Uh, a friend of mine has it. <laughs> Family next door has it. There, there was not one that said, I bought it because I walked in and I really loved it and it fit me. And that's what I wanted. Right. And from there, the book went on to tell us about all these hidden factors. I love um, that. That's one book. Okay. And then uh, another book isn't necessarily a book that everybody should read, but I think it just gives you an idea of how I see things, and I think it would be good for everybody to tap back into who they are and where they come from. I picked up a book, um, uh, 100 Interesting Facts About the Negro, okay. and this dates back to the origins of African Americans, and we're talking to the days of when we were kings and queens, of course, the, you know, slavery and civil rights, um, and and for, for me, that book was important because I was becoming an adult, raising young adults. And there was a lot of stuff historically that I wasn't taught in school. Right. And I felt like there were these gaps. And as I'm raising two young black men and a black daughter, um, I just thought, okay, how can I teach them about, you know, who they're going to become if I can tell them who they were? Right. Um, and, and, and how much, how much um, historical significance um, do certain things have on my life and how can I, how can I convey that to them? So for me, and that's, and for me, that's, that was big. That was big for me to, to, to learn a little bit more about myself. So I feel like for anybody out there, if you don't know your complete history, you don't know where you come from, 
you don't know, um, you know, the, the depth in, in which your, your culture goes back to, I think you should study. Because right. what it does, it, it puts things in perspective. Um, but then it also, I think every culture, every race, every religion, we have these origins that are really, really strong and unique to us. And when you read that, it's almost like you're empowered by um, the, those before you. You know, the, the, for me to learn about my people, it, it makes me feel so much more powerful. Because right. not only have we accomplished so many things, um, but we also have endured so many things. Right. So when I'm going through hard times, it's like, man, you know what people in the past have done? What they have accomplished with much less? So it, it's, it's, it's a great way to motivate yourself. Those are the two things that I'm on. And then I have a few more books that I'm trying to um, start <laughs> reading. So, yeah, man, I'm, I'm, That's I'm great. constantly trying to improve and learn. I love it. Uh, these two books are amazing. And we're going to put them on your blueprint so people can follow along and we'll get those titles correct for everybody. So um, because you had a lot of success in college, I want to go even further back to, to a younger, younger little mini Nate. And uh, if you could tell yourself uh, some advice from older Nate, 39-year-old Nate, uh, what would you give yourself to get to your success faster? I would say um, sacrifice. Got it. Sacrifice. You uh, sacrifice time. Sacrifice, um, sacrifice the little things, uh, you know, going out, playing video games. Sacrifice all the things that you think are so important to put in more work. Um, because time is something that we can't give back. So when you're young, you think, oh, I've got to spend all of my time making myself happy. I've got to spend all my time um, putting a smile on my face. I've got I to spend all my time indulging in all these things that make me, who I, uh, make me smile. But really, if you look at some of the greats, like you look at Michael Jordan's Last Dance, or you hear about Kobe and how he looked at like Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, all these people sacrificed. Like they, they sacrificed their, their time to get better at their craft. And I think if I could talk to young 18-year-old Nate, I would just say, hey, sacrifice. Right. You, you might be the buzzkill sometimes, but I'm telling you, man, it'll give you such a head start in life. I love that. That's great advice uh, for a young Nate, for anybody young or old at this point, you know, got to sacrifice. Um, so give us one more reason why, to sum it all up, Nate, and why it's important for people to rewire. It's important to rewire because life is very fluid. You're, you're never going to be the same person you were five years ago. Hell, not, maybe not even two years ago. Mm -hmm. um, and the circumstances of life change. So, so if you're able to, to rewire, um, you're able to tap into something um, that you never even thought you could. And, and it, you know, technology runs the world, right? And, and when we think about technology failing us, whether it's your phone or your, your TV or, or your Wi-Fi, they do that all the time. Mm -hmm. Like if you, go take, if you go take your computer in to get fixed, they're, they're going inside. Right. They're, they're figuring out what's wrong. When, you, when, you're, when your Wi-Fi is down, it's like, all right, how do we, how do we set up this Wi-Fi? How do we re reroute this Wi-Fi? How, how, how do we tap back into it? How do we get a stronger signal? So how, can we, how do we expect to get a stronger signal? How do we expect to get a stronger result? How do we expect to get what we want out of life if we don't rewire occasionally? And right. to be honest, I think you should do it more often times than not. Right. Like it isn't a one-time thing. I, I think if you're, if you're really tapped into something deep, you can rewire all the time. Mm -hmm. I think life is about recreating yourself. And, mm -hmm. then, and that's another word for rewiring. And right. if you can rewire for the better, 
Um, you're going to constantly be improving. That's what updates are on your phone. All your phone <laughs> is doing is, is, is rewiring and updating you and making your phone faster and more efficient for you. Exactly. So if you can look at a button and tap that every time your phone says do it, and you have, you have zero idea what it really means, why not tap into your heart and do it for yourself? I love that perspective. Um, I'm going to do a rewire right now on my phone. It needs it. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, what are you excited about for 2021? I mean, it's been a crazy 2020, and you know we're going to have you back on Fashion Rewired. So, but, but tell me, in 21, okay. what are you most excited about for you? 2021, um, I think I'm going to get into acting. Okay. Not because I feel like I'm the next Denzel. I just, like I said, I love to challenge myself. Okay. Uh, um, I love TV, and I love talking about sports on TV. Um, but there is a complacency that sets in because it, the, the same same storylines just yep. repackaged. Um, so there isn't much different when I'm talking about a team winning a Super Bowl because the team won one last one and the team won one last year and they'll win one next year. What uh, what has me excited is going into acting. Uh, I know I have a fear and a fear of failure because I'm I don't I don't know if I'm good at it or not. But uh, I, I'm putting myself in a position where I need to be a rookie again. Right. And you can see the theme in my life. <laughs> um, you know, that's, that's, that's what I do. I love it. I love it. So um, daytime Emmy, yes. Oscar in the future. Grammy in the future. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and get all in the car. And I need to add a Tony. And I think that's the EGOT. The EGOT. There we go. <laughs> hey, um, how can people find you online, Nate? And we'll wrap you up. Uh, at Nate Burleson. N-A-T-E-B-U-R-L-E-S-O-N. On social media. You can find me on Facebook. Um, yeah, Twitter's the same as my Instagram. Um, I'm easy to reach. I'm accessible. I love it. As always on Fashion Rewired, the podcast, you can upload a free Nate Burleson blueprint on how to rewire. You can follow his easy one, two, three step action steps or simply be inspired by what Nate's done already. Um, simply go to our Instagram at Fashion Rewired, send me a direct message and you get the blueprint for Nate Burleson. Nate, it was a pleasure. Um, we went an entire hour, but it was amazing. And uh, people are going to freak out when they hear this. Thank you so much, sir. Of course, man. Appreciate you having me on. All right, be good. And we're out. Thank you for joining us for our weekly 30-minute podcast focused on the business of fashion. Fashion Rewired is all about the successful transformation of your mind, perspective, and daily approach to your fashion brand. Make sure you listen next week for the Fashion Rewired podcast with Brian Hill.